1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hallelujah. Spring has sprung. Hey, thanks
2: for coming along. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Kath, welcome. Happy spring to you.
3: Thank you. It is sunshiny oh, right now. I am thrilled. I'm beyond thrilled.
2: Yes, windows are open, and we no, look to well, be on I'm, an upward trajectory. Well,
3: my windows aren't open. It's like 58 degrees. I got windows
2: open right here. I'm less less than than three feet away from an open window.
3: Really? (laughs) I still got my blanket wrapped around me, but that's okay. (laughs) All right. You know, we can't fix everything in one morning, John.
2: The sap moves slowly to make sure it gets to the top. That's fine. You know, I'm not calling you sap. Sorry.
3: All right. So John, now we've talked about this in the past. Would you consider yourself, my friend, an extrovert or an introvert?
2: Uh, I am. uh, I would consider myself a a
4: deep introvert.
3: Mm -hmm. Mike, would you consider yourself an extrovert? Or an introvert?
4: Definitely an extrovert.
3: Mm -hmm. Absolutely,
4: for sure. All right.
3: Okay. you yourself? Uh, I would fall on the introvert side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably deeply as well as you. Now, uh, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal, a publication that both you and I love, John, talking about – the different needs of people who are introverts and extroverts in this time of quarantine. Now, Mm -hmm. what I thought was interesting is most people think that if you're an introvert, then you are loving your life. Like nothing could possibly go wrong. You just think this is a perfect situation because you don't have to leave your house. Yeah. But actually it's a little more complicated than that.
2: Really? Why Uh, is that?
3: Well, I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to kind of get your feeling on whether this applies to you or not. Okay. Okay. So we'll start with introverts. Um, First of all, introverts still seek some social contact. For those of you that aren't one, I can assure you that it's not like John and I want to go off onto our own individual islands and never speak to another person, right? They're not monks. Right, right, exactly. It's not like that. However, introverts usually prefer an intimate setting like like someone's house rather than a noisy bar or something like that. It's just like a, a place where we are able to focus more and have less distraction, right? Yes. Now, the problem with that is in our current situation of lockdown, places where we might enjoy, we might previously have enjoyed being in our house are filled with other people who, hey, are, hey, also, hey.
5: who
3: are also quarantined it's in you the same again. space.
2: What the heck's going on? <laughs>
3: Oh, gosh, that's kind of funny. So, like, if you had, like, some kind of tradition that you really liked where you loved getting up and being by yourself on the front porch, John, you know, with your coffee or whatever, well, you're probably not by yourself anymore on the front porch.
2: Well, to be honest, that is my refuge. The front porch? Uh, no, the back the back uh, porch.
3: Okay. All I right. Have,
2: I have excellent space back there. And as long as I'm able to, I was outside most days throughout the winter.
3: Yeah, I know how you do that. You put on like a hat and gloves and you go out there. I think that's crazy talk. No, it's fine. Really? Okay, good for you.
2: I've watched the seasons come.
3: Okay, so does anyone go out and bother you?
2: Not really. Does anyone go
3: out and intrude upon your introvert time?
2: Occasionally, I'll text my wife or my son and say, would you like to come outside and join me?
3: And everyone says, no, it's 30. Right. Exactly. Okay.
2: <laughs> it's raining. You mm-hmm. crazy nut stay there.
3: Okay. So the next thing the article says doesn't apply to you, but it certainly applies to me. It says introverts get energy from being in contemplative spaces outside the home, mm-hmm. like a yard, like a back porch or like, it, but if it's cold and bad weather, then we don't have a chance to go to those spaces. And so that makes us tense as well. You right. are sickeningly emotionally healthy because you're just sitting outside in the cold.
2: I'm making it work okay. however I can. Right.
3: All right. But what about a favorite place like a museum or a coffee shop or a lot of introverts love to go to places like that. And that's not an option now anyway. Right. Right. Yep. So you can't do that. So it's another reason why this isn't like the dream come true for introverts. Okay. So a couple of first steps, kind of some helpful things that the journal says, you know, if you're having a hard time as an introvert, you might want to consider this. Okay. Virtual activities. If you'd love to go to museums, try one of those 4K museum tours. Listen, I did one the other night. I did it four times. What? Four I times? loved it. It was a museum experience. It was so excellent. I did it four times. What what museum?
2: How long yeah. did you stay?
3: This was oh, I stayed, what, an hour and a half.
2: What the heck?
3: It was so good. Really? they're really good. The 4k ones, the, the resolution is unbelievable. Hmm. You can't believe you're watching it on your television. And the other thing the journal says is carve out some time for yourself, even in your house. So if you've got a household of four people or six people or whatever it is, be able to find some time where you can still be by Please. yourself. Of course you do. Okay. Now you figured that out, John, because you're sitting outside no matter what the weather. Yeah.
2: yeah all right. Absolutely. Let's talk
3: about Mike and all his intro- extrovert friends. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. How's that working now? what? Well, well, Mike,
4: tell us. I mean, are you having a hard time? A little bit. A little, yeah. At first, it's probably like the. Since how long have we been in quarantine now? For two and a half months, months now? Yeah. Yeah. The first month, I was like out of my mind. Um, and then one of my college buddies was like, hey, let's have a Zoom meeting. Let's hop on. And. Oh, my gosh, it's like saved my life. So thank God for technology. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Okay. All right, that's
3: good. Well, that's one of the things that the journal talks about, Mike, are those Zoom meetings or whatever your platform. Yeah. That can really help extroverts to feel connected. Yeah. Okay. Because they said the biggest problem with extroverts right now are feelings of anxiety and boredom. Mm -hmm. Mm Definitely. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I have to get out and do something like Mike said. So they're talking about virtual happy hours. They're talking about Netflix parties. Have you ever done a watch party, Mike?
4: No, no, I haven't yet. But, okay. but, um, I was riding my bike, um, a couple of days ago in my neighborhood and it was, it was around dawn, uh, dawn time. And, um, there was a bunch of, there was, there was a bunch of people in the neighborhood in, in, or in one, uh, at once in, uh, in somebody's backyard and everybody was like six feet apart and they had a projector out and they were all watching a movie together like, everybody had, like, popcorn and stuff. and like Really? Yeah. Wait, yeah. So it was, it was dusk. It oh, I'm sorry, time. I'm sorry, dusk. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm i was sorry. like, what, people yeah. are watching a movie? at 5.30. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 5.30 in the morning, now <laughs> what? No. what the heck kind of neighborhood does yeah. Mike live in? Ex- hey, we're, we're ready for the day, man. As soon as we get up. <laughs> but yeah, so. it was around dusk, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, I get it. Okay. So, yeah, but, like, they're, they're like, and that was actually in the, um, uh, I can't I can't think today. The, the neighborhood app? Or, or, I forget what it oh, is. Yeah, next door. Yes, next door. So, so but there's people in the neighborhood like doing that. There's a whole bunch of people in somebody's backyard just that's hanging a out. Good watching. idea. All so, yeah, right, so it was that's fun.
3: So that's exactly what they're saying in the journal. Try out techniques that make you social, make you feel social in a different way than maybe you were able to be before and, you know, expand your understanding of what being social means now. Yeah. I mean, I like it. What do you say, John?
2: I'm good. Seriously. I mean, this could go on for a while. I'm pretty, I'm pretty content. I just Okay, I mean, really? Okay.
4: You know, Good. I
3: mean, I, re- I read the article thinking that it might help you in some kind of emotional no, angst you were having, only I'm to fine. find that you're just fine and don't need help at all.
4: John reminds me of Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. What the oh heck? My gosh. No, the, hey, the Pyramid of hey, Greatness. Indisocial. Oh yeah. Here's what I'm, having. <laughs> I, I'm in I've
2: been saving chocolate. Do you, do you have like a little treats for yourself during the day? No. Oh, I do.
3: What What are you eating now?
2: I'm eating some um, dark chocolate, Royal Dark. Look at Mike.
3: What kind of life is John living? Pretty
2: good this. life he's right like, now. I
3: mean, he's keeping... got the windows
2: open. I got dark chocolate. He's I'm an introvert. there. It's an I mean,
3: arrow. There's nothing gonna, that can go wrong. All right. We have a terrific show coming up today. We're so glad you've joined us. Mm. If you're listening on radio, we're glad you're here. And if you're watching on Facebook, welcome. And we'd love to see your comments. If you've never watched on Facebook, you can always just log on there and look at 101.5 Word FM or The Ride Home with Johnny Kathy and look at our silly faces in our spare rooms, Mike holding everything down and making it work back in the studio. You want to hear what's on for today's show, John? Oh, I'd love to. Would you like to hear? We're going to talk in the 5 o'clock hour about Marie Kondo. Oh, mm. And she still wants to tidy up.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: So right. we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. Uh, we have Rick Zimmerman in the On Deck Circle right now. He has over 200 publications on vaccines and vaccine-preventable diseases. He practices medicine right here in Pittsburgh, and we've talked to him every week. Thanks to his incredible generosity during this time. So Rick's going to join us next to answer our questions about where we are with COVID-19 in Pittsburgh. And as I said, a lot more to come on today's Ride Home. It's the Wednesday edition. Thanks for being here.
6: Very nice. 101.5 WORD.
0: Next time on The Journey with
7: Ron Moore. Task the truth. Make sure you understand that you are in a world that is trying to destroy you and your reputation and your relationship with God. Don't believe everything you hear. Test the truth. Hi, I'm Ron Moore. You have an incredible journey ahead with us each morning at 1130, Monday through Friday, right here on 101.5 Word FM.
8: Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. During difficult times, it's important not to be frozen by fear or complacency, thinking that Congress, the Fed, or your current financial planner will fix the impact of the pandemic on your retirement savings. The bottom line is, no one else is going to care about your retirement the way you do. It's time to stop crossing your fingers and toes hoping for growth and reset your retirement for income using interest and dividend. Ends. Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertain times. 888-888-4176. We'll send you our Retirement Income Kit with 5 educational tools, including David Scranton's best-selling book and a no-obligation call with an income specialist. 888-888-4176. The Retirement Income Store where retirees go for income. Call 888-888-4176 now. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies
0: for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably
1: paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop... You save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com/slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available
9: in all states. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. All of our cleaning and disinfection services use hospital-grade, EPA-registered products. Contact us to provide peace of mind for your employees.
5: The man, the yellow man.
0: Service Master!
9: This is John Samick, owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employers need as your business reopens. Demand the yellow van, call Service Master Greater Pittsburgh, and schedule a consultation today.
2: Throughout these last couple of months, we've uh, relied on uh, Dr. Rick Zimmerman, who uh, practices medicine here locally to guide us through what is the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Rick always gives us local insight about where we are and what's expected ahead. And Dr. Zimmerman, thanks uh, once again for joining us. How are you today?
10: I'm uh, Doing well, thank you. I promised you two weeks ago that we would have news from the medical front, from the science front. And yeah. indeed, I have both bad and good news today. Let me right. start off with the bad. Um, there's a German autopsy study, and Germany, they do this more frequently than we do it. And of 12 persons who passed away from COVID, seven of the 12 had blood clots. And in four of the cases of those 12, or one-third, it was the lethal cause of their of their death. Wow. And so we're really learning that this COVID virus doesn't just attack the lungs and the breathing, but it's also causing havoc in um, the vascular system leading to these blood clots. So that's the bad news. Um, On the good news, I said that it would also be getting uh, study results, and indeed, in this last week, there has been an advance um, that's been published on triple therapy and using a cell signaling a medicine called interferon, as well as three different antivirals. And this cocktail of drugs has improved outcomes, and we may start to see cocktails. Now, there's uh, good science behind this idea. We know that these viruses, and is, it's a type of virus known as an RNA, that the virus is built out of RNA, and then it mutates. It changes a lot, um, and that leads to resistance. And that's the reason for this type of, um, of this classification of viruses. We often, as doctors, think of multiple drugs. And indeed, this advance of having triple therapy um, coming uh, as a positive scientific finding uh, gives us that. So those are uh, a, both a uh, bad news and a good news uh, story to start off.
5: Okay,
2: so we'll take both of those, Rick. Now, uh, just before you came on the air, I was looking at uh, local news and saw some bad news that today was announced by the Allegheny County Health Department that there were 12 COVID deaths uh, in the past day or so. Can you talk about that?
10: Wow, I had you, you're you ahead of me in news. I had not uh, seen that. So, no, I can't say what's happened. We do know that testing continues and actually 5% positives. Um, so uh, the 12 is a little surprise as that's quite a bit of a bump. Uh, having looked at the curves of death over time that are posted right on the county website, this is clearly going to be a blip. Because it was anything trending down before you just shared that things that I hadn't heard yet.
2: I see. So apparently it says all these deaths, the 12 new deaths were in nursing homes, which tends to be the trend, right? That older people are much more susceptible to this.
10: You're exactly right. Um, Persons in crowded conditions, so they can contract it, they have less resistance to fight this virus. And yes, most of the deaths are, many of the deaths have occurred uh, in nursing homes or people in similar um, states of really high risk conditions.
4: Dr. Rick Zimmerman
3: is with us. It's his weekly uh, appearance with us. Rick, we thank you again for your kindness to us over these last weeks as we've tried to navigate through so many uh, scientific questions and so many concerns that we have. Uh, Dr. Rick practices here in the city of Pittsburgh and has also uh, 200 publications on vaccines and vaccine preventable diseases to his name. Rick, let me ask you about something I've seen twice in social media over the last 24 hours. Two friends of mine saying that when this all shakes out, we're going to find that Uh, the COVID-19 is really no more dangerous than the flu. What do you say?
10: I think it will. uh, I think that will be somewhat wrong. That It will be more dangerous than the flu. I do think, and and so I'm going to partially agree and partially disagree. The um, initial estimates of case fatality rates of 3%, 12%, I think were um, because we didn't, understand who was had mild or um, infections with no symptoms, and I think those initial estimates were um, the best that they could do at the time, but were wrong. Mm-hmm. But I do think that this will have when we shake the numbers out, I do think this will be um, two, three times as serious as flu. Um, could be probably as much as 10 times, but this isn't going to be 20, 30, 50, 100 times as serious as flu. See. That said, there's already, you know, over 80,000 deaths in the country and it continues to climb, and I don't think we're anywhere near the end of the deaths for this year
1: so uh, as of friday
2: dr zimmerman the governor governor wolf has said that pennsylvania will move into a different phase of reopening i mean already you can see that there is increased traffic it feels as though there is a um, more public vitality movement around what can we expect i mean do you think that as we open up we're going to increase more cases and then fall back into this how do you see things in a crystal ball
10: well i think what will happen is you're exactly right that the cases will increase, and there will be resulting increases in hospitalizations. There are a couple things that we can do to lessen that risk. We can remember to wear masks, and I just encourage your audience, that's going to make a difference. Wear, wear the mask when you're out. Um, and then we have to really change our cultures. You know, I like shaking hands. It's really hard not to shake hands we've got to stop shaking hands until we're past this outbreak. And I don't think we're going to have a vaccine. In fact, I was just on a call with uh, one of the country's, maybe the foremost adult vaccine experts, Greg Poland out of Mayo. And, you know, he doesn't see vaccines and he leads the journal that is best known for publishing vaccine information, um, you know, for 18, 24 months. And I think it's awfully optimistic to think that we are going to have a savior vaccine in September or December. I think we're going to have a winter that's going to be rough. Mm -hmm.
2: 2020 winter, bad. Mm -hmm. So, Rick, uh, how about this? Uh, Recently, uh, Kath and I, uh, friends in our circle, have invited us to a picnic on Sunday, Um, mostly adults gathering of about uh, 12 or 15 people. Um, we kind of went around the horn in our family. I know Kath did as well. What do you think about that? People gathering now outside together in public settings. And, you know, uh, what, what, do you, what do you say about it? I think
10: that? we uh, should be cautious and begin to engage. We need to have social relationships as people. And there, as much as I can do um, by phone, and Internet is great, but at some point you do need to see people. So I think if we have careful hand hygiene, we wear masks, um, we don't have common dipping, we try to plate food ahead of time or have packages where you're not using the same spoon and everybody's putting their hands on the same spoon, then we can do some of these things outdoors. And again, I would use outdoors. There's good air dispersion if you're outside outside. But in the contrast to that, we're all, if we kind of pack in with no masks in a small lunch room at a work facility, and there's a common pot where people are serving themselves soup or something, that is a great way to infect one's coworkers um, or friends. And so it's really how we handle things. Do we do it outside where there's open air? Do we wash hands? Do we... Um, take care of handles of things? Uh, Do we try to plate things in advance? If we take those precautions, then I think gradually we can open up following the guidance from our governor.
3: Rick, let me ask you about a a two-word phrase that also seems to be all over my social media feed, and those are the words, herd immunity. Can you talk about what that is and whether that's something that is a reality and we should pursue?
10: So, herd immunity is a reality, and, um, but it's not here yet. It's a long ways from it. And that's when enough of the population is infected as to offer protection. And so, I, we may not stop this virus until we have a combination of herd immunity and vaccine immunity and social distancing. I mean, that's probably to get to the end game. It's probably going to require a level of population immunity, either from infection or vaccine. But, I want to caution because what I've been hearing is uh, also some of the social media things. Well, let's have, you remember this as a child, we're all old enough to have heard of chickenpox parties. Let's right. have a COVID party. That's At this right. point, we don't have good enough treatments for COVID, nor do we understand enough to take that kind of risk. It would be, I think, to take one's child to a COVID party would be really risking things. COVID toes, this unknown syndrome, is it really COVID or not, that's been happening in New York among children. It's not time for COVID parties, uh, Mm -hmm. but we will need herd immunity.
3: Okay, Rick, what do you think about those who say, well, if we would just all get out and not be at home, then we would be increasing our chances of developing herd immunity?
10: I think when we have and we're making advances but right now the advances to protect people uh, are to, to protect but to cure people are in the inpatient side with expensive and medicines not enough supply when we get to the point of outpatient therapeutics treatments that work then we'll be able to think more about developing herd immunity relaxing but we're not there yet and Having to have a hospitalization because one went out to play is a pretty serious consequence. I don't think we're ready there. I also think we have this issue of, and it's an ethical issue, it's a fascinating issue, of the labeling. You know, before, like with HIV, you've got HIV, we don't want to label you, but you really can't come over and play with my kid. Um, And you understand, I think, what I mean. But now we may have the situation when you're labeled uninfected. You can't bring your kid over to play because your kid is uninfected. And it's just a turn, uh, the opposite of what we thought about with uh, labeling and stigmatization with disease.
2: See. So, Rick, just one more thing before you leave us. What about the opening of doctor's offices, dentist, mm-hmm. elective surgery, and all that? Is that somewhere in the near future in Allegheny County?
10: Well, it's already happening. So, yes, people are getting tested at UPMC and other places and going for surgeries that uh, were postponed. So that's happening. Get tested. Make sure you don't have COVID um, that's acute with the nasal swabs. And then... You're and you can have your things. The dental offices are going to be a little more tricky because they have to install uh, the filters or some way to protect against sterilization. Wow. That's a problem for dental and they're working on it.
3: I see. Okay. Rick, our time's almost up. Actually, I think our time is up, but I'm going to sneak one more question in because I seem to do this every week. Uh, What about singing? There's been a lot of articles written and released over the last seven days about how dangerous singing can be. I'm thinking about churches starting to think about reassembling. What does that mean?
10: I think whenever you sing, you do have... Um, increased vocal production and you're an excellent case as you're a good singer and as you project out you will be projecting the chance for germs and if that's in a classic church choir loft or church choir room where it's closed you can spread it and that has happened Um, and so we're going to need to be thinking about singing outdoors um, or having smaller numbers of people sing so that we don't uh, infect one another.
2: Well, Rick, thanks enough a lot. We appreciate you giving us the weekly updates about what's happening in and around the COVID-19 issue. Always good to have you with us. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Dr. Richard Zimmerman here locally at the uh, East End uh, Health Clinic, and uh, he has worked the in… The East Liberty
3: uh, Family Health Care Center.
2: Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm just here to… <laughs> yeah. He has worked for many years uh, in infectious diseases, has published more than 200 papers, a good voice of reason to have with us here. Take a break. Come back. Uh, Speaking of COVID, what's it like to go to a a fine restaurant that has now instilled uh, social distancing rules as you have a meal? Stay tuned for that.
8: At Sprint, we understand saving money for your family is now more important than ever. That's why we're offering our best unlimited deal switch and get four lines of unlimited for just a hundred dollars a month that's right four lines for a hundred bucks plus the plan includes hulu 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot dvd quality streaming and more if that's not enough to really amp this up we're including four amazing iphone 11s on us when you trade in iphone 6s or newer in any condition and now sprint customers enjoy expanded roaming access on the t-mobile network Shop from the comfort of your home at Sprint.com, call 800-SPRINT-1, or come see us in our stores. Phone after 2917 per month credit for 18 months' credit. Apply within two bills. Canceled early. Remaining balance due. Requires new account. Unlimited basic. After 731-21, 30, pay $35 per month per line with auto pay. prioritization during congestion. Coverage and not for not available. at or excludes taxes, fees, and roaming speed. Maximums use rules. $30 activation fee. And restrictions apply
0: car shop from your couch with cars.com. It's never been so easy. Connect with dealers to tour cars virtually. Search great prices. And yes, they feature cars ready for home delivery. With over 4 million new and used cars, cars cars.com has your match. If you have a child,
2: no matter what the age, unless you've homeschooled in the past, chances are your child right now is involved in some form of online learning. Well, here's the deal. Successful learning takes more than two computers. Both of Kath and I's kids go to Grove City College, and so we see firsthand the nature of what quality online education is. In these strange times, not the best way to go about learning, but making the best of an odd situation, that's Grove City College. Kath?
3: I think one of the things that I've been so impressed by and thankful for, John, is the fact that the personalized approach and the personal relationships were already in place before all of this hit. So it wasn't like the professors had to figure out who the students were and boy, I got to make sure that I can come up with some kind of like interpersonal approach to them. No, that was already happening. And so when that's, you know, when they have history in that regard, and then something like this emergency hit, and they have to move to a different mode. It's awkward. It's weird. It takes a lot of adjustment, but really, the relationship is already present.
2: One day soon, hopefully, this will all be over and kids will be back in school. We would encourage you to check out online Grove City College, its beautiful campus, but even more so, a Christ centered education from men and women who love to teach, love to learn. Look online, Grove City College, GCC.edu.
6: Alexa, to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google Speaker too. plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
11: Tonight, increasing cloudiness, low 43. Rather cloudy tomorrow with a few showers, high near 70. Tomorrow night, cloudy and mild with occasional rain and a thunderstorm, low 62. Friday breezy and warm, cloudy to partly sunny. Showers and a thunderstorm mainly in the afternoon. High Friday seventy-three. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May.
3: Right here's a really weird idea, but you know <laughs> how many ideas do we have right now, oh. and most of them seem weird. Okay,
2: weird times.
3: Johnny, ready for this one? Please tell me. Okay, so. Uh, when restaurants reopen and God hasten the day, because I love myself a restaurant and it's been very hard to not have any. Um, what do we do with the reduced numbers, right? You're only allowed to have, say, if you're, if your are uh, um, dining hall or dining hall, dining room seats, 50 people, you're right. only supposed to have probably 25 in there. Right. So you're going to have a lot of empty spaces. What are you going to do with the empty spaces? Well, listen, I have an idea for you. <laughs> okay. This is a okay. guy who has won the James Beard Lifetime Achievement Award, which yep. is given to only chefs that are at the very top of their game. So this is not a guy who's like, you know, has opened a restaurant a couple of weeks ago. Okay, right. This is someone who's done it for a long time. He owns a three-star Michelin star, three Michelin star property in Washington, Virginia. Mm. And this is what he's doing. He's bringing in mannequins.
2: What? To sit at the table? Yes. That's creepy. That's super creepy. I'm not I doing that. I think it is, too. Who, who would want to do that? It's just weird.
3: I know. I no, can't no. get over it. Yeah. So he's going to, like, seat you and your wife at one table. And then at the next table, he's going to have two mannequins that are dressed up and just <laughs> there to have a good time.
2: Well, it, it's it's rich for comic possibilities, for one thing, right? Uh, it's kind of like Lars and the real girl. That it is a cool.
3: lot like that. It is a right. lot like that, except that the mannequins aren't eating with someone else. They're just yeah. eating with you know each other. Okay, listen to what he says. His name's Patrick O'Connell. He says, Eula, I've always had a thing for mannequins. They never complain about anything, and you can have lots of fun dressing them up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's just creepy. I think no. it is,
3: too. No,
2: it's just, it's, okay, it's just listen. Twilight zone
3: Listen, so he, he has uh, enlisted the help of Arlington, Virginia's Signature Theater, and so they are going to dress the mannequins in, like, all these crazy historical, you know, garbs. That's yeah. what he's doing with hats, and there's going to be umbrellas, and there's going to be all sorts of things. He said that people will think it's funny mm-hmm. because they will, like, it'll be like a photo op type of thing.
2: No, I don't think so. I think people will have your, your reaction in mind. It's just kind of creepy and weird, and I'm not going to sit there and pay, fine you know, fine money for a good meal when I get some crazy mannequin dressed up as George Washington next to me. Uh, that doesn't sound like fun.
3: Mike, does that sound like fun
4: to you? No, I'm a little freaked out by it. Yeah. yeah I yeah. thought it was I thought it was freaky. As However, well. if you could like if you could throw stuff at, at the mannequins, see I that's think the problem. be fun. Gonna that's, be all, it's like, gonna be
3: just gonna degenerate <laughs> into right? that type of behavior.
2: Be like some marinara sauce on someone's sleeve <laughs> or something like that. That's, that's not the good. <laughs> it's not really good. It's the that. problem. Right? Look, like, <laughs> it's gonna be weird enough as it is. And you know what? I'm in no hurry. Once you know we can go back to restaurants, I'm not gonna go to a restaurant for a long time. Are you? I am not. No, no. Mm-mm.
3: Wow. Okay. No, so I'm Mike not. and I are going to go. Actually, I don't think I am. I don't even know. How
2: do nope. I, know? I don't know? No, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm really so happy. Tired.
3: This is what I'm tired of. I've, I've said this yesterday. I'm going to say it again. I'm tired of people saying, well, how do you feel? Like, huh. do you, if you feel okay about going on, go out. I think me feeling okay about it means nothing. Feelings aren't my, facts. My emotions are not going to affect whether I get the virus or transmit it to right. someone else. He Virus,
2: I don't like you. You better stay away, okay? I
3: felt, but I felt okay. I can't believe I got sick. <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I,
2: I wasn't feeling really, like, receptive to the virus, the vi- but still it came for a visit. <laughs> exactly. I don't I know. Mean, Here's to how to I feel, so. if,
4: if you care. I think you yeah. can go, like, the first week before everybody, before everybody implodes mm-hmm. every single business. I think you're okay, like, the first week. I don't think so. Okay, so we're going out the first week, and then we're
3: staying in for another three months? (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. No. No. No,
3: I don't think that's going to work. I'm going to go to the O,
2: because they're already closed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay.
3: You can be the only one there. I'll throw in a mannequin.
2: Very nice. All right.
3: All right. Coming up next, Father Tom Soroka, pastor of St. Nicholas Orthodox Church. How do you pray?
2: Yes. How do you structure your prayer time? Stick around for that.
6: Point five WORD turning point
1: with David Jeremiah. Life is difficult, life is hard. It's not getting any easier, but here's what I know that's so wonderfully triumphant for every one of us. There's not anything you're ever going to experience or experiencing now that Jesus doesn't understand. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, The Jesus You May Not Know, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7:30 on
0: 101.5 W O R D. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E and K excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stay. Stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it. EK Excavation has over a hundred years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. We have reached the age where things just cost more cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> your weight is up. <laughs> your weight to talk I have type 2 diabetes so I'm getting Dean just like you thank
9: goodness for big Lou big Lou
0: 800- 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com.
9: If you are a caregiver for a family member or loved one, this is an important message. XL Home Care will pay you to take care of your family member or loved one. Yes, you heard right. You can actually get paid to provide care for those you love. To learn more, contact XL Home Care today and get started right now. Care and quality when you need it. XL Home Care. 412 212 8950. 412 212 8950. XL Home Care, a help at home company.
2: The other day, Kath and I were talking about um, uh, what it is like when you do when you wake up. What's the first thing you do? And I confessed, uh, much to my chagrin, that the first thing I do is I, I grab my phone. Now, Kath, on the other hand, a much more holy person than that yours. is not
3: true. Than I am more. not a more holy person. I'm just trying very much to implement this new practice that I started. About I jest. I'm only kidding. Just,
2: just messing with you. But you, you pray first.
3: No, I don't. Wait. <laughs> No, I read the Bible first.
2: So she's not that holy. She's not not, praying.
3: (laughs) Okay, first of all, I'm not holy,
2: but I am praying,
3: but not first. The very first thing I do in the morning is read my Bible. It's Bible before phone.
2: Okay, very
4: That's what the practice is,
3: John, I got that straightened
2: out. Uh, Father Tom Soroka joins us. He's the pastor of St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. How to structure your prayer time. Father Tom, welcome back. How are you?
12: Hi, guys. How are you? I want to hear about Kathy's new thing. I want to hear all about it.
5: Yeah. Oh,
3: gosh. Well, I just, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's this book I read by uh, by Justin Early on, I forget what it's called, but it's about establishing, you know, spiritual rhythms in your life. And Great. one of the thing, you know, there are a bunch of them and they uh, I tried them all. And uh, the the only one that has absolutely stuck is this practice of, getting up in the morning. And before I reach mm-hmm. for my phone, I have to read the Bible. This okay. is just something Great. that, and it has been so liberating for me, but every morning, Father Tom, it's so hard. I still want to grab for my phone first. I've been doing this for like right. eight months.
12: It's hard to break that habit, isn't it? It is. It's sure really, is.
3: really no. hard.
12: You know, I was, um, I, I coming from the Orthodox tradition, we have a very strong tradition of beginning in the morning with prayer. And then, like you said, you know, it should be really once you've gotten out of bed and maybe come to your senses, you know, mm-hmm. you uh, you go ahead and pray. But I, I want to talk about what that is, too, because um, in, since I'm not as familiar with uh, Protestant traditions and evangelical traditions, I did a little Googling and it's like what, you know, how to do devotions, how to do daily devotions. Yeah. And what I'm finding is that a lot of people are, and this is no disrespect meant to what you were saying, Kathy, that people are sometimes confusing prayer and Bible study. Right. So, you know, when we're doing these quote-unquote devotions, um, it it really, we should be reminded of that we are really standing before the God of the universe and have that mind where we, we understand that we are praying, we are having communion with God. It doesn't mean that we can't have communion with God when we're reading the Bible and when we're studying the Scriptures and so forth. But, you know, in a way, they're related, but Bible study is not prayer. Uh, Bible study is, is, can be a somewhat intellectual activity. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do, if we could very briefly, is go through these very basic things that might help all of us look at, um, how do we bring structure to that? And I'm so glad that you're reading books like that because that's very, very important. Um, And we'll answer these very basic questions, who, what, where, when, why, and how, right? Mm. If if we wanna know how to do these things, uh, what we're supposed to do, let's just go through all of these these, um, um, points. So in terms of our, our daily prayer, that is the, you know, the who would be the first thing. Who is praying? Well, of course, it's it's us that is praying. And hopefully, and this is really hard, um, when my wife and I uh, first got married, we started to do our prayers together. And I don't know what the um, experience has been of other married couples. We find it really difficult. It was very hard to sustain because we couldn't uh, find, you know, the common time together. We were, you know, kind of in a different rhythm and so forth, and that got dropped pretty quickly. And I think that's a natural thing. In other words, what the Lord says in the Scripture is very, very clear. He says, "'But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly.'" So there's the physical aspect of me and God. I'm praying to God by myself. The, there are ancient writers. I know a couple of days ago you had uh, Frederica Matthews Green on, and you had Rod Dreher, and they're in the Orthodox tradition too. And so we have these really ancient writers um, that are writing about prayer. I wasn't referring to Frederica. Uh, you know, the, the fathers of the church Who are writing, you know, 1500 years ago, 1800 years ago about prayer. And basically, what they say about this verse is yes, you should be alone, but also going into your room doesn't just mean go into a separate place where you're alone and shut the door. It literally means go into your heart, go Mm -hmm. into that secret place where God Himself uh, will meet you somewhere inward. You know, in other words, the, the, the tone here is when we are doing our daily devotions or what we call in Orthodox uh, tradition a prayer rule, uh, which means it's something that we do very regularly, we do it in, in kind of the same way as a discipline, exactly like you said, uh, we are going to meet God. There was a, a famous saint in Russia In the 19th century, and he said, when you want to uh, uh, pray, you stand before God with your mind in your heart. You stand before God with your mind in your heart. So there's this connection between what you're saying and what you're thinking and that seat of your emotions where you are really communing with God. So that's the who. The who is you. You and God are praying and then maybe what what do i pray and this is this is an interesting one because i think you know we're somewhat maybe polar opposites in a way in the way that we approach prayer so orthodox christians have what is called a prayer rule and they always use a prayer book now mm-hmm. some people will say that's very confining and it's vain repetition and why are you saying the same prayers all the time and I want to make it very clear that when we say what we're praying is out of a, out of a book, it's to teach us the vocabulary of prayer. If, especially if I'm a young Christian, I don't really know what to say, and I know the Spirit will will speak through us and give us the words of prayer in those moments when when He comes to us and and He prays with us and through us. However, we also have the 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 well-trodden path of these fathers and mothers Mm. who have uh, been our ancestors in the faith, and they have, in a way, perfected the words of prayer. There's no better words of prayer than the words that the Lord Jesus Christ gives us, our Father who art in heaven. I know there's a discussion about, well, is that a pattern or is that an actual prayer? Whatever the answer to that is, the Lord gave us those words, and so speaking those words, <clears throat> maybe just those words, gives us the vocabulary to teach us how to pray. So when we want to pray, you know, after we've said some some rote prayers or memorized prayers, after we do that, then we have the, the, what we can say uh, extemporaneously in the Holy Spirit to be able to actually uh, speak to God uh, in in a kind of an informed way or an adequate way, you well, know there good. are also prayer formulas, right? right? So maybe you've heard of these like acts adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, or pray, uh, parts, praise, ask, repent, thank, share. Do you guys know any other ones? Or, are there... Mm-hmm. No, no I know. those are need... the ones that I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Father Tom is with and... us. Father
2: Tom Soroka from St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKee's Rocks. Tom, when you pray, I grew up in the tradition, uh, as prayer, we would always kneel while we were praying. Uh, do you that's do that?
12: Great... Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. So, Ironically, in this particular season, now that we are between um, Easter and then we're going to be celebrating Pentecost 50 days after Easter, we don't kneel. So, <clears throat> kneeling is a posture of um, repentance, kneeling is a posture of sorrow. Um, and during this time of great joy, we actually are told by the church, don't kneel for these 50 days. And then on Pentecost, it's really cool we have what are called kneeling prayers, and so Hmm. there's three really long prayers where it's like the first time that we kneel in 50 days. So Hmm. in the regular course of things, there are certain times when we kneel, but generally speaking, John, um, we, we stand praying, or we pray standing, and that's because of what we said at the beginning, and that is, when I'm praying, I'm not just thinking of God in my mind. I'm actually standing before God. And if I'm standing before God, I mean, if I'm encountering God, I'm going to, you know, want to present myself, my whole yes. body, in this way of standing or in humble submission and kneeling. Absolutely. The one thing that I will say about this, by the way, and that was it was another thing that kind of bothered me, and I watched all of these, <laughs> I have to tell you this story, I was watching some of these videos, and it was like, how do you do devotions? And one person said, well, you know, first you get your Bible, and then you get some highlighters, and make sure you have a notebook, and then uh, make sure you have uh, your iPod, and make sure you have headphones to listen to some Christian music, and make sure you have some tasty snacks, right? And I'm thinking, like, (laughs) I— I get it. I, get, I understand that, you know, she wants to be comfortable and so forth. But I, I think prayer, if we're going to take it seriously, if we're going to put a little structure around it, we should comport ourselves. We should stand or kneel in a way in which is appropriate to stand
5: before mm. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah,
3: that's Father Tom Soroka. He is the pastor of St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, PA. Tom, uh, we only have 30 seconds left. Tell us how you guys are meeting right now.
12: Yeah, so, of course, we are under the um, um, state mandate. We can only have 10, but then Friday, we're going to have 25. So what we're doing now is we have a sign-up. We have more services so that more people can come, and people are signing up for those services. So starting on Saturday, uh, we'll have services with 25 people. And I know, Kathy, you had talked about singing and so forth, and that's yeah. a big uh, issue for us because our services are all singing. So we have to be careful and Kind of dip our toe and in, uh, back into you know having people there. And we're trying to be very careful about it. Very good.
2: Well, Tom, thanks enough a lot. It's always a pleasure. We're happy that you're a friend of our show, and uh, hopefully next time we see each other, we see each other face to face. So be well.
12: I can't wait. Be well. Thank you. Take care.
2: Thank you, Father Tom Soroka. He's the pastor of Saint Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. Take a break. Come back. Uh, we're going to talk about the FBI. And they accidentally revealed some really interesting information to families of 9-11 victims. Stay tuned for that.
6: Hello, friends. It's me, Marsha, from The Spring House. We are hoping you are all healthy and safe. Our family wanted to let you know that because our cows are requiring twice a day milking, the spring house is still open for you to stop by for your farm fresh from our herd milk and hot out of the oven breads and buns and meats and cheeses and cookies and anything that will make life happy and comfy and easier during these uncertain times. Our buffet is still full of family recipe lunches and suppers every day to take home to eat at your own family table and our catering team even created a special take and bake meal which you can check out online we even ordered in extra toilet paper in case any of you are in a pinch we've been so blessed this last week by customers thanking us for staying open and best of all telling us that they're praying for us we just wanted to let you know that we are praying for all of you too here's a big hug from all of us at the springhouse to you we love you
9: owner of ServiceMaster Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employees need when you reopen your facility. Contact us today. This is John Samick, owner of ServiceMaster Greater Pittsburgh. We have developed a comprehensive facility reopening guide for businesses preparing to re-enter the workplace. Visit ServiceMasterGreaterPgh.com to download yours today.
0: Looking for a new job? Coast-to-coast career fairs and Word FM are hosting a free virtual job fair Wednesday through Friday, May 20th through the 22nd from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Attend this virtual job fair from anywhere online. It's free for job seekers and open to the public. Connect virtually with dozens of good employers who are hiring in the Pittsburgh area. Virtual interviews available for a variety of positions. Wednesday, May 20th to Friday, May 22nd. Pre-register at C- C2CJobfairs.com. C2CJobfairs.com. Sponsored by Word FM. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball Stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kinodic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC.
2: So repercussions of 9-11 are still winding their way through the federal government, thanks in large part to the families who lost loved ones during the 9-11 attacks. This is really interesting and very shocking news that the FBI has apparently inadvertently revealed one of the United States government's most sensitive secrets about September 11th terror attacks, the identity of someone who has been whispered about, talked about for a long time, a mysterious Saudi embassy official in Washington who FBI agents suspected of directing crucial support to two of the Al-Qaeda hijackers. Now, for a long time, Saudi Arabia has been talked about being part of this, about the official government response behind this, about funneling money. So um, in early, I'm sorry, in early February, Members of the families of some of the nine eleven victims went to Washington, D.C., and they met privately with President Trump. And they said, President Trump, we know there's more information out there. Please, won't you do something? So the president said in these records, in the, in the, uh, in the records from the meeting, oh, yeah, we're going to definitely do something. The very next day, the president released to these families information from the FBI and these files, most of these files were redacted the name of the person. But in one instance, the name was not crossed out the very next day after the FBI realized they did that bill Barr, the attorney general said, do not release this information. This is critical information. It's only for your perusal and that's it, but it's wide open now. So, Yahoo News has reported this. Apparently, it's in the Washington Post and the New York Times as well, where the Saudis essentially have been caught red-handed. God help us all.
6: We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at WordFM.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com.
13: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Top Obama officials, including former Vice President Biden, are on a list of names now made public of those who may have asked for General Michael Flynn's identity to be unmasked in a sequence of events leading up to the Mueller investigation. Donald Trump's one-time presidential campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, has been released from federal prison to serve the rest of his sentence in home confinement. That's due to concerns about the coronavirus. The United Nations is forecasting that the pandemic will shrink the world economy by 3.2% this year, the sharpest contraction since the Great Depression in the 1930s. Stocks fell for a second day in a row, weighed down by worries about a slow recovery for the economy. The Dow lost 516 points, the Nasdaq off 139, and the S&P fell 500, fell 50. This is SRN News.
2: We're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. Hey, listen, there's some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnarounds in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty windows or us, that's windows or us,
8: investment advisory services offered through sound income strategies llc an sec registered investment advisory firm Have you been putting off opening your retirement account statements because you're afraid of what you might see? If you were caught in the recent correction, you know that watching your savings evaporate in the market is devastating. We're the Retirement Income Store, and our message is clear. It's time to stop crossing your fingers and toes hoping for growth and reset your retirement for income using interest and dividends. Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertainties. Certain times. 888 888 -888 4176. We'll send you our retirement income kit with five educational tools, including David Scranton's best selling book and a no obligation call with an income specialist. 888 888 -888 4176. The Retirement Income Store, where retirees go for income. Call 888 888 4176 now. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents. And Doug. Check it out, (laughs) Lemu. Got a brand new motorcycle jacket and matching leather pants. Let's go for a ride and tell everyone that Liberty Mutual customizes their motorcycle insurance. (sighs) So you only pay for what you need. Oh my gosh, this leather does not breathe well. You can't suffocate in leather, can you? (laughs) Liberty, 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 Liberty. Get a
7: customized quote at LibertyMutual.com.
0: Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt?
11: Tonight, increasing cloudiness, low 43. Rather cloudy tomorrow with a few showers, high near 70. Tomorrow night, cloudy and mild with occasional rain and a thunderstorm, low 62. Friday, breezy and warm. Cloudy to partly sunny, showers and a thunderstorm, mainly in the afternoon. High Friday, 73. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May.
1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon and welcome. Thanks for coming along for this
2: very spring Wednesday afternoon. It just feels good out there, does it not? Hope you get out and uh, enjoy some sunshine and some warmer temperatures. Kath, taking a walk later?
3: Uh, I plan to.
2: Very nice. Good.
3: Mm -hmm. I feel good about it.
2: Do you watch, Kath, uh, Any um, national news? Do you tune in, like you know, at seven o'clock and watch, you know, CBS no. or ABC? No. You know, for, that was a mainstay. I think growing uh, up, many we always millions did. of Americans. Oh yeah,
3: right? I always did that when I was a kid.
2: Sit around and watch uh, Peter Jennings or Walter right. Cronkite or, you know, whoever. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Nora O'Donnell is the, uh, the newest member of the CBS anchor team. Mm-hmm. She's effectively taken over. I think they, they did sort of, a, sort of a musical chairs for a long time. Scott Pelley was one mm-hmm. of the guys from, uh, from 60 Minutes. And anyway, so Nora O'Donnell has been doing this, I think, for the past nine months. And um, I saw in the Wall Street Journal the other day, they were talking to Nora O'Donnell about what she reads and how she prepares a national, nationwide news broadcast every day, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Now, years prior to this, she was part of a morning team, a morning show at CBS with Charlie Rose and Gail King. Mm hmm. Of course, that exploded when Charlie Rose' sexual um, uh, violations came to light, and then uh, Norah O'Donnell took that. So anyway, uh, in this conversation, they said to her, well, what's it like for you when you wake up? And she said, well, my schedule's different now because I used to be a morning person. She said, my husband brings me coffee and the papers in bed. It's just a luxury to have time to read. She said, I'm a huge believer in reading the hard copies of newspapers mm. I read six or seven newspapers a daily daily. Wow. I get the three home delivered the wall street journal, New York times, the Washington post. And then when I get into work, I also read the USA today, New York post. Um, she said uh, a lot of stuff gets flagged via email, but really what I love is reading the hard copy of the paper mm-hmm. because there are things in the hard copy. You won't find anywhere else. Right. I'm a great believer of that.
3: Right. I know right. you are. Mm-hmm.
2: So What about the newspaper?
3: Well, listen, there's not, I I bet there are 50, maybe not 50. Maybe there's more than that. I don't, I can't think of many people that are able to read five or six actual newspapers a day.
2: Seven, she's reading seven papers a day.
3: I just, that's, I know that's her business. Um, We read more news than the average person because news is part of our business. Uh, But the average American, I bet, is not reading any newspaper at all, ever, even one online.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Right. But remember when you used to read the hard copy of the newspaper and you would, you know, go inside the sections, entertainments, arts, sports, right. comics, all those things. I mean, yes. you used to go to the newspaper to look at the movie times or mm-hmm. the television times. What right. was on- What's on tonight? when?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Remember the
2: TV writers of the day, right? Yeah.
3: Um, or how about the opinion page?
2: Loved it. I yeah. got to
3: tell you, I I what she's saying makes a good point. That if you're only looking at the online version of newspapers, which is the only version of newspapers I ever look at, right? So I'm a subscriber to several, but I only do the online version. There are some sections of that paper I never, ever look at. Sure. I never look at.
2: And, and even with the gutting of the newsrooms, of course, that's been well documented. There's farthest people making their money in journalism, let alone print journalism, right? People aren't covering stories. They're not doing the large Mm -hmm. investigative pieces, nor are they doing, you know, the things at the local garden club or, you know, your hometown paper. You have to find a different route to see what goes on there. We talked about next door, right? That, that's a different sort of local neighborhood app. Right. That used to be the role of the newspaper.
3: Right. That's long gone. Listen to this. My sister called me last week, John, because she opened up her local newspaper. She lives in northern New Jersey. And there was a a full page story on guess who? Who? Clint Hurdle.
2: Clint Hurdle? There was an article about
3: Clint Hurdle in her local northern New Jersey newspaper. Really? And it was not about his baseball career from which he's retired, but it's about the daily emails that he sends out to a group of men, including you.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's interesting.
3: Now isn't that it? isn't that it but she said she was so shocked because it was such a big story right under the fold on page one.
2: In the in the local newspaper. Yep. Wonder what that is. Is he does he live now in New Jersey? Nope. I think it is still here in Pittsburgh, doesn't he? Yeah,
3: it? I I don't know what the connection was. But anyway, she was so she's always been a big Clint fan. She's a big hmm. pirate fan, but she knows what Clint's about. Um and she just was so thrilled to see that.
2: Interesting. Okay, so those are stories you won't find. You know, there was in the front page of the paper. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something lost. I think from the you know, too bad the local papers are gone because they for a lot of people they were just a means of an education. Right. right. People, I mean,
3: we got three when I was growing up. Three papers a day. We got press, the Post Gazette, and the North Hills News Record every day. three a day. Holy yeah.
2: smokes! That's now the News paper.
3: Record didn't publish on Saturday or Sunday then. So it was for Monday through Friday. It was three papers, and now, what? Most yeah, it some days it's one, most days it's zero.
2: Do you subscribe to any print?
3: No, no print at all. I only do online.
2: Right. So the Post Gazette now publishes just a couple of times a week. Right. I think two days during the midweek and once on Sunday. It's pretty. I mean, I do believe
3: we're the worst for that. I do, but I'm one of the reasons why it is as it is because i don't do a print version
2: well most people don't i mean you know look you know if you're 55 and over you probably would be more inclined to do that but even if you're you know like i'll take a walk through the neighborhood early morning sometimes you'll see you know a green plastic bag which is the post gazette in somebody's driveway but that's Mm -hmm. few and far between yeah few and far between
3: yep yep i agree anyway i don't know i mean newspaper Is it one of those things that is necessary for life? Probably not. But is it one of the things that makes us feel lively? Yes.
2: And connected. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So much for the newspapers. Mm -hmm. What's up here? Oh, uh, we're going to talk about Rob Mull in just a few minutes.
3: Rob Moles, guest on our program multiple times, written so eloquently and beautifully on the, the transition from life to death. And um, he shockingly passed away himself as a young man just nine months ago. We're going to talk to his dear widow who has written just how, can you believe how beautifully she's written, John, over the last six months?
2: a lovely piece. Yeah. So we'll talk about that, about uh, the strange times that we live in and an early death. Stick around for that. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM.
6: 5, W.O.R.D.
0: Everything comes to light on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Jason and Eugene finally find John Avery Whittaker in the middle of a treacherous plot to discredit Christianity. Discover what facts they dig up. In this exciting lesson about truth and deception, coming up next time on Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W O R D.
7: For a very unique mortgage team that has a very specific advantage that could save your family monthly and lifelong money. Two things you should know. One, we were started by a dad and his son and his wife and his sister-in-law. And we've grown to be a faith-focused mortgage team that's helping families across the U.S. We're faith and family at our core and we don't hide it. Two, we've still stayed fairly small, on purpose. We're only about a couple dozen people, a makeup that we believe lets us truly know every person that calls. But we also have a big advantage. Our company is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. A reality that often allows us to get you a better rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money. We or United Faith Mortgage at UnitedFaithMortgage.com.
9: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Milo Park, Road, Milo New York. Licensed Mortgage Banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal Housing Lender. Licensed license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
0: When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it. EK Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy. equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit EKExcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at EKExcavation.com.
3: Brides come in all beautiful shapes and sizes. And at URB Bridal and Formal in Bethel Park, every dress can be custom-made to celebrate everyone, including hard-to-find plus sizes. High-fashion, private-label designs made to order as flattering to your budget as they are to your neckline. Enjoy a personalized, no-pressure, luxury shopping experience complete with complimentary champagne and chocolate and see the entire selection. Find a dress that celebrates you because you are beautiful at urbbridal.com.
2: In these remote electronic times we live in, even before the pandemic, I think for a lot of people in their day-to-day jobs, especially if you're you know, working in corporate America or whatnot, you, you engage in communication sometimes you know, hundreds and hundreds of times over years with people that you never, ever meet face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And Kath and I have done this for you know almost 15 years. So we've engaged with thousands of people. And one of those people was a man by the name of Rob Mall. And uh, Rob worked for years, I think 16 years, for Christianity Today. And he was always instrumental as a, as a helper for us to reach out with uh, guests that CT had published. And then Rob went and wrote his own book, and then he wrote a second book. But then from there, he also went to World Vision, where he worked as a communications advisor in, in World Vision. And then from there, he moved on to another job in corporate America. But throughout that time, I guarantee you, I talked to Rob via email, I don't know, a hundred times or more, I bet. Shockingly, last July, Rob, at the age of 41, passed away from a tragic accident where he was out hiking and enjoying himself in nature. And across people that we know and the relationships here on the air and people that we know in the business, to a person, people mourned Rob, the mm-hmm. suddenness of his passing at the age of 41, and what a strong, good guy that he was, but the heartbreak was that he left behind a wife and four young children. So in my reading, I'm I'm thinking uh, about d- different things and uh, relationships, and I come across a piece, of all things, by Clarissa Mall who wrote in Christianity Today, Bloom Where You're Quarantined, Some of Us Were Lonely Well Before the Pandemic, she says, How Do We Find God's Comfort Now? And so here to join us is Rob Moll's widow and a writer in her own right, Clarissa Moll. Clarissa, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Clarissa, I want to echo what John said, how much we loved Rob, Um, how beautiful his book The Art of Dying is. Um, What an enduring work that is, and um, how sorry we are for the incredible loss of him and the life of your kids and you and everyone who knew and loved him. Thank you so much. Clarissa, talk about this piece that you've written. I think you've struck a chord with many people who were lonely already. And then when quarantine hit, things became weirder. Talk about your experience. Tell your story. Yes, you know,
14: uh, eight months into my grief journey, quarantine began. And, um, it was, um, the third of, you know, you hear these, uh, bad things come in threes. (laughs) My husband died, quarantine. Where's the shoe going to drop next. Um, and the reality is that we all brought things with us into quarantine burdens that we carried, uh, financial concerns, relationship concerns, all these things we brought with us into the isolation that we all face now. And, my piece in Christianity Today really speaks to the loneliness that we feel as we shoulder these burdens alone, uh, especially now physically alone in the isolation of quarantine.
2: Right. Yeah. So so there all of a sudden you were, Clarissa, as a as a widow, and that day-to-day rob in your life, of course, disappears. And I, you can only imagine uh, the heartbreak of what you were suffering through and your children as well. And then as the pandemic comes along, you know, all those things that were necessary, just, you know, the paying of the bills or the upkeep of the house and all the different things like that. You can even call on friends or neighbors to come and reach out and connect with you now because everyone's isolated. So it's like it's it's triple or double layers of isolation on top of you. You've lost the most important person in your life. And now you're cut off from society as as, you know, just a general whole. Talk about being in the deep freeze of isolation. How do you even handle that?
14: Well, um, you know, grief is a solitary journey. Uh, Mm -hmm. We are supported and surrounded by wonderful people through our church, uh, family and friends. But the reality is that grief is a solitary journey. Uh, From the very beginning, no one can know the uniqueness that I have felt as a widow. No, I can't even know the uniqueness of the grief journey that my children have carried. Uh, And so there's a solitary nature of the experience of grief as it is. And then on top of that, learning to navigate quarantine has been complex as well. Um, you're right. I can't ask for help. Um, I have to be more protective of my children now because if someone needs to go to the hospital, who can I call upon to take care of my kids? Um, so there are added burdens that I face now as a widow that I didn't face before quarantine, and yet part of grief is navigating those new relationships, too, learning how I will deal with finances by myself, Um, learning how I will deal with parenting concerns by myself. Uh, So all of those things are a part of grief, and now they're sort of intensified by the experience of quarantine, I'm
2: sure. Mm-hmm. So talk about this. I mean, it's curious. And I think, you know, in my reading about uh, about Rob and, of course, uh, his time with us to talk about the art of dying, Rob got a lot of um, curious raised eyebrows because a young man interested in the art of dying at such an early age, I mean, it's, it's ironic in some ways, heartbreaking, but also beautiful that he left a roadmap for you as he delved into the art of dying.
14: He did. He really did. You know, we were a strange couple in our 30s talking about death and dying so much, especially with three young kids. Uh, But Rob had reported on the Terry Schiavo case for Christianity Today, uh, and a topic that was taboo in most circles became commonplace in our house. Uh, Rob began working as a hospice volunteer. He began working part-time at a funeral home, ever the journalist, he was looking for ways to understand what it meant to die well, and he insisted that we be prepared, too. Now, I'll be honest that talking about death and dying never became less scary for me. Uh, We had three young kids, like I said, and and to think of either him or me absent from the family picture was just terrifying for me. But uh, Rob pushed for these conversations. He believed that they were important. And so we hashed out everything about our last days. In our early 30s, we talked about death and dying. We talked about palliative measures. We talked about end-of-life treatment. And so even though Rob's death caught me by surprise, it was what I call his last gift of love to me, that in the end, I knew exactly what to do when the time came, because he had told me exactly what he wanted.
3: Clarissa Moll's with us. She's the young widow of author Rob Moll and the mother of their four kids. After a career in fundraising and marketing for small nonprofits, Clarissa now supports those in grief through her writing. You can find her both on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, Clarissa, how old are your kids? My children are 14, 12, 10, and 7. Okay. So how are they navigating the, um, the quarantine themselves? I mean, are they, I'm sure they, we were just talking before you came on about the different challenges for introverts and extroverts. Everybody responds to this differently. How are you managing all four of them?
14: <laughs> well, uh, they do it as individually as they are. My eldest is an introvert and she has told me, I like quarantine. I like being with my family. Uh, but on the other side of that, you know, she and my other three, they all miss their friends. And uh, I think during the experience of grief, there's an isolation that happens for them too. learning to navigate those friend relationships, again, school, church, youth group, all those things. They've had to renegotiate terms now as children who don't have a dad. And, Quarantine is another of those renegotiating kinds of situations. Um, How do I maintain a relationship when all I have is Zoom uh, classrooms to do that in? How do I share my feelings about fear or anxiety in a way that I can really work through them when I can't really go anywhere? Right.
2: And so what does that look like, Clarissa? I mean, to, to lose Rob uh, at such a young age so quickly, and then uh, just a few months later, eight months later, you're in quarantine, or six months later, actually, you're in quarantine. It's like I said in the introduction, you're almost in a deep freeze. Um, has that deep freeze thawed at all as far as people reaching out to you or the way that you're interacting in your prayer life? How do you find some sort of solace in the midst of all
1: this?
14: Well, we have a wonderful community. We have a really nationwide community of support. We've been so blessed in that way. I think in a spiritual sense, uh, I, have, I have focused on Jesus as my shepherd, and I have encouraged my children to, to really image Jesus as shepherd during this time. Uh, Jesus will carry our burdens. Jesus will keep us safe. Uh, through this valley of the shadow of death, uh, for us in grief, But I think there's a valley of a shadow of death in quarantine for us as well here. Uh, Jesus is here. Jesus sought out these lonely places. He's walked through the valley with us, and he will continue to carry us. And I think by focusing on Jesus as our shepherd, it's given us a touch point, really. Uh, When everything feels unsure, uncertain, when everything feels dark, we just look to our shepherd. And that continual process of turning our hearts toward Jesus every day. We do it through prayer, we do it in conversation around the dinner table, we share our burdens with each other. All of these things allows us to keep our focus on the one who continues to carry us and keep us safe even when all of life feels uncertain. Mm.
3: Carissa, talk to us about lonely places. I love the portion of your article where you talked about Jesus who retreated often to what the, the title or the, the name for uh, him going away were to lonely places. Um, that was inspiring and comforting to you. Can you talk about your connection?
14: Yes. You know, as people, we don't like loneliness. We no. don't like silence. And so the thought of going to a desert place sounds absolutely dreadful to us. Right. And yet, Jesus, in scriptures over and over again in the Gospels, we hear about Jesus going to a lonely place. He goes to a lonely place for relief from the crowds. He goes to a lonely place for rest uh, and for renewal. And so I know that Jesus is here with me in this lonely place. He's here with all of us in the lonely places in which we find ourselves. Uh, When we're alone, sequestered by quarantine, He is there. He promises to be with us and attend to us. And what we see as desert place, we know he sees as a place that can be for our renewal and for life-giving.
2: I'm into that. Well, Clarissa, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah. Um, to, uh, to see your article and to um, remember Rob, it's a good and necessary thing. So uh, I'm glad that serendipitously well, we found each other and uh, were able to have this time together. Thanks so much. Thank you. Clarissa Mall, uh, Bloom Where You're Quarantined, it's uh, the online version of CT. Some of us were lonely well before the pandemic. How do we find God's comfort now? Take a break, come back. we got much more ahead. Stay with us. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Maria Kondo. Yes? She Bring wants you to be space. organized, John. Hello, right.
3: I'm Maria Kondo. get full details on
4: the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company and other factors. Not available in all states.
1: Spending more time inside? J&D waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends and pets from mold, dampness and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40-watt light bulb. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY or visit JDWaterproofing.com.
4: Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. XL Home Care can provide a warm, family-like environment with an XL caregiver, or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call 412-212-8950. 412-212-8950. Excel Home Care, a help-at-home company.
0: Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu.
6: 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker, by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone, via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, In and at Radio.com.
11: Tonight, increasing cloudiness, low 43. Rather cloudy tomorrow with a few showers, high near 70. Tomorrow night, cloudy and mild with occasional rain and a thunderstorm, low 62. Friday, breezy and warm. Saturday to partly sunny, showers and a thunderstorm, mainly in the afternoon. High Friday, 73. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May.
3: Well, John, just because we are in quarantine yeah. doesn't mean some of our uh, cultural gatekeepers are absent. They are not, John. And one of my favorites is fully engaged and her name is Marie Kondo. Hello, I'm Maria Kondo. Mm-hmm.
2: Marie no. Kondo, yeah. Mm. So she's famous for telling us to just get rid of our stuff, right?
3: Right. She's telling us to be organized and um, to throw away things that do not spark joy.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, here's the problem. Uh, if you want to do a little spring cleaning right now, at least in my neck of the woods, the trash guys are not interested in taking away your excess. I know.
3: And there's no goodwill. There's no AMVETs. You know, none of those right. places are open. So, what are you so going to do? I have a big pile of stuff in my basement of things that need to go but can't go, mm-hmm. which is very back frustrating. Back it
2: up. Back okay. it up.
3: Okay. So, listen. So, this is very unfortunate for Marie. And, of course, the case for other people who are publishing books that are coming out now. Uh, Marie Kondo publishing her new book called Joy at Work in what the Wall Street Journal calls a singularly awkward time because it arrived... April 1st, when most people were not in their workplace. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. Joy in your okay. spare room is what But it you know Marie an Kondo, economy.
3: and you know that she is going to make this work somehow. So yep. she said, don't you worry. She said, quote, it is quite a difficult time, but because people are working from home, I do think it is an opportunity for us to reflect on how we are working and what kind of environment we need in order to work. Okay. All okay? right. All right. So Ms. Kondo, uh, according to the writer of this piece in the journal, is sitting in front of a window looking out on teeming green foliage, and she makes working from home look like a spa retreat. I'm
2: sure she does. Okay, Because you know how <laughs> she
3: is. To demonstrate how she separates her professional and personal life in the new work from home era, Marie holds up a tuning fork. Mike, check this out. And lightly taps it against a crystal to make a chiming sound. Mm. A signal, she says, for her to switch mentally from one world to another.
2: What a signal to <laughs> to transition from one world wait, to another.
3: I, wait, I'd like to try this now on okay. my on my I'd rather be watching Blue Blood's mug. Ready?
2: Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, <mate. laughs> That's
3: all I got. That's all that was my signal that i needed to switch from professional transitioning
2: to from one world to another now be-
3: because my sound with this mug was very bad um mm. i can buy a tuning fork from marie uh, these tuning forks are available <laughs> on her website john for $75
2: <laughs> what how, what's a tuning fork cost what's a good uh, tuning fork well, 35 6 6
3: bucks 6 bucks
2: 6 bucks i don't bucks.
3: think yeah I, i'm going to say it's 6 bucks
2: okay then maria you Pundo. can get an
3: app on your phone for free
2: oh okay All right.
3: Anyway, um, but Marie is the author of 10 books, and I really loved her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. I mm. loved it. My dad got it for me. I yeah. highlighted it. I read it, and then I donated – not donated. I loaned it to you, John, and you kept it for like a year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do I still have it?
3: No, you gave it back. Oh, thank goodness. But I don't think you ever read it. I, don't
2: think I did. <laughs> You know what? I put it in the pile next to my bed and it just got swallowed up. That's all. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. So my question for you is, do you have things in your new workplace? This, the spare room that you're in. Yes. That's spark
4: joy.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Many things that spark joy. Okay. You want yeah. to tell me about a couple? Yeah. Oh wait. Uh, I brought this in. Listen, Oh, this is, this is kind of weird. Uh, here, I'll just lean over here. This is unplanned. Yeah. This sparks joy in me.
3: Oh, my gosh. See what that is? That is creepy.
2: No, no. This is my face. Yes. Can you see? This is my face from 1976. This is the uh, first.
3: John in plaster.
2: Yeah. uh First makeup class I was ever in. And a friend of mine was doing these. So, you know, he put this plaster Paris over me and it hardened. Then he poured, poured a mold in there. And so I'm frozen in time. That's incredible. That sparks joy. Wow. That's cool.
3: Right? That sparks something in me. I don't think yeah. it's joy. I like
2: it a lot. Hey, <laughs> Kath, what's going on? Okay, do, that's do, weird. Do, 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 do. Okay, do. It's all of a
3: sudden it's like the restaurant mannequin thing that we talked about earlier. <laughs> kind
2: of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but I look around and, you know, there's framed images and there's, you know, some weird. I get like a deer's head hanging up there with, you know, uh, what, a deer I, you shot? No, no. It's uh, from my wife's farm. You know, her father was a hunter, and so there was all kind of stuff all over the farmhouse. And okay. I took some things as I left. Pictures of my parents, and picture of Forbes Field, and I've got a poster from uh, from Russia of Yuri Gagarin, and uh, just some kind of you know things that That's I like. That's good. So, you, yeah. so
3: you've taken Marie's concepts to heart. I have, yeah. Okay. I do.
2: I, I look around the room and I go, oh, I like that, I like that, I like that. Okay, but there's a lot of stuff that I could probably get rid of as well.
3: Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Well, I would say that Marie would be happy.
2: How about you? Look at your room. Show me that. Uh, what do you got there?
3: I mean, we didn't. We didn't plan this. No, okay. we did not. No, I do. I have some photographs of my parents. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I have some book here. Can I reach back here? I'll get a book that I like. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Fine. Okay. The book sparks joy. Um, that sparks joy. The clue of the broken locket is that. Na- oh, that's Nancy Drew.
3: Yeah, it's probably my favorite read- Nancy Drew book.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to read Nancy Drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when you run out of the Hardy Boys, you're going to go, okay, what's next? Oh, I guess I'll do some Nancy. First of
3: all, you don't go to Nancy when you've run out of Hardy Boys. I do. You clearly start with Nancy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Look at this. What's that?
3: Okay, this is a cool book. Uh, This is a book, Tennyson's Poems.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. It is a
3: spectacular edition that I found at the Regent Square Yard sale years ago.
2: No kidding. Mm -hmm. What year is that book?
3: It's super old. Mm, Look at the plates that are in there. I love it. it smells like lots of things have happened. Really?
2: It doesn't smell Do you know musty I mean? or funky? Oh, yeah. it does. It's, oh, okay.
3: oh, it smells really good. It smells Very like nice. many, many people have read it over I love the it. years. Um, that
2: sparks I don't,
3: joy. I don't, it does spark joy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the year is. Uh I don't know. Okay, yeah. Very old, though. Yeah, uh, i
2: just read over there.
3: That's uh, 1876.
2: Whoa, that's cool. Is that a first edition?
3: Yeah, it's first What? Edition. It's a
2: first edition? Yeah, I got it, it for 25 cents. Very nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about this? Yeah. Somebody gave this to me.
7: What is that?
2: It's a it's a sculpture, and it's like a woman holding a baby. A baby? Yeah, it's wood. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. For some reason, it speaks to me, and I like it a lot. Okay.
3: No, I like that very much.
2: Spark and joy. There's some photos.
3: I have a Van Gogh behind me. Very nice. Can I? Can I? Here, I'll. Okay. See. Uh-huh. That's Van Gogh's The Harvest back there. Nice. I got that when I was in Amsterdam last summer.
2: Beautiful. Very beautiful mm-hmm. And I had a
3: good friend by the name of Rhonda Hall who framed it for me.
2: Mm-hmm. That'd be wallflower flames. <laughs> wallflower <laughs> flames
3: and... Wallflower frames in uh, on Ardmore Boulevard and more nice. Hills. Anyway, you, okay, so those are some things that spark joy. There are also a lot of things in here that spark other things than joy that I would love to get rid of.
2: Yeah. Okay, so the problem is, so what happens, at what point now does trash become, what, do we I go know, to yellow? Do the trash guys go, okay, we're taking all your junk? I don't know. Right? I don't
3: you know, know. I don't I got, know anything.
2: At the bottom of my driveway, I've got a bin that is filled with Reader's Digests. and. National Geographic,
3: Reader's Digest—they haven't like printed that in about eighteen years. With
2: my, they were my mom's. Wow, my mom passed away. I was like, I can't get rid of these. I need to. I I never once. Yeah, but your
3: mom passed away like twenty years ago. I, mean, I don't mean I don't say that to be critical, but it I is a long to, time well, to I'll hold just, on to the know, Reader's Digest.
2: I'm just saying, you know, if I for a while I thought that's my mom's, I, I'm. Getting, it might spark some joy. Then I okay. Regret, okay. No, no, but it just, then realize
3: it didn't sparks, any sparks regret
2: joy. in me right now. Though or my mom whatever. read them, and then I didn't bother to read them.
3: Look, Marie, we're doing the best we can. Okay, Fine.
2: okay. I'm grief. Here's what I got. Though this is me. Okay. Very nice. This sparks creepy. joy. I don't so think cool. I ever
3: want to I see that plastic. What I love it. It's so cool. All right. Grief. all right coming up next uh we're going to talk to christine jesky she's never been on the program before she's a professor at Wheaton college she wrote a terrific article about the pandemic highlighting where we're already spiritually weak that's Very next
6: nice. on the ride home WORD.
0: You owed a debt and you could not pay it. But Jesus Christ paid that debt for you on the cross. On the next edition of Focus on the Family, British evangelist J. John explains the principles behind the crucifixion and what they mean for your faith. That's next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD.
2: We're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. Hey, listen, there's some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call and everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnarounds in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty – Windows or us dot com. That's Windows or us dot com.
7: You know, some stories show the urgent need for God's Word. Lalitha's is definitely one of them. Hi, it's Michael with Bible League International. Let me tell you about Lalitha. She was raised as a Hindu in India, forced into a marriage at a young age, and her husband was killed tragically in an accident. This left her penniless and alone, and she was sold into a prostitution ring for about 10,000 rupees, only about 130 U.S. dollars. Isn't that sad? And she lived in utter hopelessness for many years until a former prostitute introduced her to Jesus, the great lover of her soul. Lalitha said peace and hope flooded my heart. She learned to share the gospel and you know what many came to Christ before Lalitha died tragically from AIDS. If this story reminds you of the urgent need for God's word, you know you can flood the hearts of these bibliist believers with peace and hope through Fan the Flame, our campaign with W O $5 sins a Bible, $50 sins 10, every gift matched. Call 800 Yes Word, 800 Yes Word, or you could give at wordfm.com today.
2: You've all helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get great discounts on all my pillow products. If you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the Radio Listener Specials, you're gonna see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today we're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of amazing products, including the Supima My Pillows, My Pillow Towels, Roll and Go Anywhere Pillows, Duvet covers, Giza pillowcase, bolster pillows, and neck pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What are the odds? From crack addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a twenty-five dollar gift card. Just go to mypillow.com, enter promo code Word or call 800-391-0954. Be sure to use promo code WORD. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country.
3: I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me.
0: Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
2: Christine Jeske is with us. Christine is a professor of cultural anthropology at Wheaton College, the author of three books, including the forthcoming The Laziness Myth. She's going to talk to us today about this pandemic hits Americans where we are spiritually weak. Amen to that. Christine, welcome back to the show. How are you today?
3: Great. It's good to talk to you, John. Thank you. what you, you wrote, I'm sorry to interrupt. I got so excited. I wanted to tell you what a great piece you've written here. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. Let's talk first off, um, by way of introduction for those who aren't familiar with you, about the places that you've lived, Christine, and the perspective you have as an anthropologist. Yeah, so I grew up in Wisconsin in the United States in a small town, a uh, white
15: family, middle class, and uh, just after college moved to Nicaragua, lived in a village in Nicaragua for about a year. And uh, after that, came back to the U.S. and lived in China for two years, teaching English, came back to the U.S. and then moved to South Africa for uh, a total
3: of about five years
15: off and on doing a variety of work there. And now wow. I'm back in the States.
3: OK, now social scientists call you weird. Why is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, this is a term I didn't make it up, but I just find it really helpful.
15: Uh, so weird. Uh, and it gets all capital letters. Uh, it stands for Western Educated from industrialized, rich, and democratic countries. And I love that acronym because it points out that we sometimes think that's normal because we're familiar with it. But in the global scheme of things, it's actually not that common.
3: Yeah. But all that traveling that you've done, and especially you being a resident there, even on a short-term basis in those places, it does highlight the differences, the things that we expect and Except here in, um, in America, that they don't in other parts of the world. And um, I think they reveal to us the things that are dear and the, maybe the things that we've even turned into idols. Talk about your perspective on that. What are the things that you think we in America hold on to most tightly?
15: Yeah. So, you know, I realized when uh, the shelter in place order went into place, it struck me one morning that if like six months ago, somebody had asked me to compare the United States to other places I've lived and ask where we're spiritually weakest in comparison to the rest of the world. Three things that probably would have come at the top of my list would be uh, our materialism, our love of money and how we use money, um, our fear of missing out, our kind of sense that we have to be productive every moment of every day and kind of think our identity is all about our work um, and our kind of ignorance of mortality that we go through life ignoring the fact that we will die and that we are uh, mortal beings. And the pandemic I realized hits all of these so squarely. Um, And, and so, yeah, that's, you know, what we're suffering is not just a sort of material um, fear of, of sickness, but it's also readjusting all these ways that we think about our existence
3: Right, right. So you brought up uh, the love of money. Um, and I think you were right to say it's not even with most people. Well, I don't, I don't want to say, well, how can I speak for most people? But I think it's likely that it's uh, oftentimes more looking to work as satisfaction, as some kind of identity, even more than it is the money we get from our work.
15: Yeah. Uh, this is something that um, even 100 years ago, Max Weber wrote this book, The Protestant Ethic and, and the Spirit of Capitalism. And one of the things he pointed out there, and this is not from a Christian perspective, but just sort of a historian's perspective, he said uh, Christians in America, and particularly Protestant Christians, even 100 years ago, were odd in that they would work and work and not do it because they were getting more money, but just because they had this firm sense that they had to keep working. And Mm -hmm. this is something that I've noticed too as I travel around the world that Americans are uh, particularly geared toward work. You know, if you ask somebody to introduce themselves, chances are one of the very first things they're going to say is what their job is. Mm -hmm. We see work as our identity and, and we work for money, but even... The the things that we buy with our money are not so much because we're greedy and we want to just have more and more stuff. It's because those things define us and they show the world who we are and they show the world our status. And we have this sense that we have to keep getting the new stuff so that we project the right status in our kind of social world. That's right.
2: fascinating. So, Christina, uh, we were at an event uh, not that long ago over Christmas, and somebody I had met for the first time asked me two things. What do you do for a living and where do you live? And I think that little snapshot of my job and the geographic neighborhood that I lived in gave them a good idea of where I am socioeconomically.
15: Yeah, it's so true. And this is something that I've learned through the, the years, too, is that if you want to be more inclusive in your conversations. Um, for me coming from a middle-class background and a white background, I've been taught to use this question, what do you do, uh, mm-hmm. and where are you from? Cause that's gonna, we, you know, I expect that I'm going to feel happy when I answer that question. I get to tell somebody I'm a professor, right? Um, but a lot of people, their answer is not so exciting and they don't actually want to be identified by that job or maybe the neighborhood that they come from either. And so asking other kinds of questions, like tell me about your story or, um, You know, what did you do last weekend? These kinds of questions can be more inviting and less geared toward defining people by their kind of position in society. And I think, honestly, right now, as we're seeing unemployment skyrocket right now, it's a great time to learn that kind of practice and how we think of ourselves and how we introduce ourselves and how we think of people around us.
3: Dr. Christine Jeske is with us, Professor of Cultural Anthropology at Wheaton College. Christine, let's talk about... um the manic fascination with youth that we have in the West. I mean, it's really, truly shocking. When you look at music videos or you look at podcasts or you look at YouTube or whatever, I mean, it is a glorification of youth. It seems like young people are the ones we look to because they're the ones that really know what's going on. And I think, how do we we get to that space? If I think about my 20-year-old self, I wouldn't ask me a single thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nothing. Yes,
15: it's so true. And um, it's so many different things. Um, you know, that's how culture works. Is It's not just one particular thing that you can blame, but it's just sort of a conglomeration of all these ideas that surround us all the time that you don't necessarily ever put your finger on it. But if you really stop and pay attention, like, what are the top uh, sitcoms right now? What are the top shows? What are the top movies? And the heroes of so many of the shows that we watch and the movies that we watch are, like you said, in their 20s. Um, mm-hmm. And we have all this, all these products that are geared toward making yourself look younger. If you look at, um, you know, hair products and skin products and any kind of cosmetic, it's going to show people who look like they're in their 20s or at most their 30s. And, and especially for women, you know, sometimes you get the sort of rare, like, uh, sort of speckled, gray-haired man who looks kind of mature, but you don't get the gray-haired woman showing up no. in, uh, you know, any kind of media as a person to look up to. Right. So, I mean, yeah, every time, Christine, like
2: we now? see, like, you know, the ads on television for wrinkles, you know, for people who want to take care of their wrinkles, the people in the ads are always, like, 18 to 22. They don't have right. any wrinkles to right. begin with.
15: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So again, you know, how is this pandemic causing us to rethink these things? One of the things I think is that we haven't come to terms with the reality that we will grow old. We are growing old. It's not an illness in itself. It's a natural part of who we are and how our bodies are made to be. Um, And another thing is, do we actually value people who have vulnerable health and people in that category of older adults? Um, I think it's scary to see that so many of the choices that we're making come down to do we want profit right now or do we value the life and health of our elders in society? Are we willing to put their health at risk? Um, and we're faced with that question really starkly. And so much of what we've learned really goes against caring for those elders um, because we don't see the value that they have in society.
3: Christine, let's talk in our last couple minutes about FOMO. Uh, so we call it here in our household "fear of missing out." Yeah. Um, so I have two teenage daughters. Um, actually, one is teenage; one is now twenty-one, so it's not teenage anymore. But uh, everybody has FOMO, and especially right now, uh, FOMO has you know taken on epic proportions because everybody's missing out on everything.
5: <laughs> Thank goodness.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so talk about minute. that. What does that highlight for us?
15: Yeah. So I wrote this article for Christianity Today, and I originally didn't include that one. Because uh, to me, in my 40s, what struck me was the money and the mortality aspects of it. But as I started listening to my students in their 20s processing this mm-hmm. and my high school kids, I realized, wow, FOMO is also what's getting hit here. Um, this fear of missing out. And um, again, this comes back a little bit to our our desire for productivity all the time, this sense that we have to be doing something to be mm-hmm. meaningful, and it's not just our things that define us, but our activities. So, you know, being a part of the choir, being a part of that sport, that's forming the sort of outward identity of a young person, especially, but all of us. Uh, yes. And so we lose those activities and it feels like we don't know who we are. We don't know what our purpose is anymore. And this is exactly the time when we need to come back to the truth. So what is our purpose? Our purpose is not in what we accomplish And, you know, we can point to Bible verses that say that, but in our everyday life, often we live that way, thinking, if Mm -hmm. I haven't done something at the end of the day, if I haven't seen that friend, had that experience, then what was it for?
1: Right. So
2: in the midst of all this then, Christine, how are you wearing the pandemic? Uh, Does it suit you well, or is it uncomfortable?
15: Oh, I think it's uncomfortable for all of us. And that's why I challenge us to think about these things right now, because I think, when we are uncomfortable, God is growing us. And um, not that God asked for this pandemic or gave it to us as retribution, but God can work through this time that our sort of suffering can produce new growth in our spiritual lives. So um, I see this as a time when we have amazing opportunities to restructure so many things about life. Um, We can restructure the ways that our churches interact. We can restructure the ways that our government works, we can restructure all kinds of things because suddenly everything is being questioned. Uh, And I think we need to turn those questions to the Lord and ask, you know, what are the structures that you want us to have right now? How do you want us to regard wealth and productivity?
3: It's just an excellent article, Christine. Thanks for being here. Christine Jeske, professor of cultural anthropology at Wheaton College, author of three books, including the forthcoming The Laziness Myth.
15: Thanks, it's a joy talking to you.
9: Today, we have over 200 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing.
8: Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. When the earth
0: stands between you and a finished project, you need EK Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, EK Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit EKExcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at EKExcavation.com. to coast career fairs and word fm are hosting a free virtual job fair wednesday through friday may 20th through the 22nd from 10 a.m to 6 p.m attend this virtual job fair from anywhere online it's free for job seekers and open to the public connect virtually with dozens of good employers who are hiring in the pittsburgh area virtual interviews available for a variety of positions wednesday may 20th to friday may 22nd pre-register at c 2 cjobfairscom c 2 cjobfairscom sponsored by word fm whether you need a car now or plan to buy someday soon, Cars.com has nearly 2 million cars ready for home delivery. Set up virtual appointments with local dealers to tour your favorites. Save the car you want. Click to buy when ready. Find your match on Cars.com.
4: I get this warm feeling every
3: single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional
0: dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
2: We've been reading daily scripture out loud. Today is 2 Peter 1, 5 through
3: 5-11. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness.
2: And to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance.
3: And to perseverance, godliness.
2: And to godliness, mutual affection.
3: And to mutual affection, love.
2: For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure... They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have that is, I'm sorry, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins.
3: Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.
2: Second Peter one 5, 11. Just Give me that cardinal sin when you're reading scripture. I got you know I'm reading from a screen and then went away.
3: <laughs> and the screen went away.
2: Yeah. So that I'm saying I'm apologizing while I'm reading scripture.
3: I love paper. Don't you love paper I at a do, moment yeah. like that? You I, think, I boy, yeah, I wish I would have had paper. I'm doing anyway. this instead. Thanks for being with us today, everybody.
2: Yeah, check us out on Facebook, and uh, we're online at wordfm.com as well. Have a great night.
5: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.